You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. earnestly in the text is about being real. You're not superficial, not phony, not pseudo, you're not a fake, but you're being genuine. You're being genuine. And When it comes to saints that are earnest or real, they understand that their character in being such is because they are grounded in truth. You can't be real or earnest if you're not grounded in truth. When you're grounded in truth, it's two things I want you to understand that's happening to you. The first thing that's happening is based upon John 17 and 17, where Jesus, in talking to the Father, said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. When you're grounded in truth, you become sanctified or holy. A holy person is a person like God. In the Old and the New Testament, we are told by writers, be holy because God is holy. When you're holy, you learn what to touch and what not to touch. You learn what to say and what not to say. What to think and what not to think. Where to go and where not to go. You're holy. You're being like God. Uh, You learn whether you should respond or just be quiet. You're just being like God. And so it's a process because sanctification is not just something that happens immediately. So God gives us truth, and the truth makes us like him or makes us holy. Second thing uh, we have to understand about being rooted in truth is that you're being delivered. You're being delivered. You're being made free. According to John 8, 31 and 32, which says in Paul, you'll know the truth, and truth will make you free and so you're being delivered and and you when when God or his word delivers you it's a threefold process and I know you know it but but sometimes we need to be reminded it's a threefold process in that he he delivers and then he shows you his his power by protecting you 
and he further causes you to prosper in every aspect of your life. And you, you have to watch God's process in delivering you because you, you will notice in time newness manifesting in every aspect of your life. And you get to the point to where you recognize that when God begins to make you new, that some things that you used to be are no longer present. I used to be broke. I ain't broke no more. I ain't been broke for a long, long time. You understand what I'm saying? And then some of us, your thing would be, I know truth is delivering me because I'm not sick like I used to be. I'm not at 100%, but I know I'm not where I used to be. And so that truth is freeing you. And then... It can be where you used to just worry about stuff all the time. On a scale of 1 to 10 and 10 being the greatest, you were, you were a 9 when it came to worry. But now, because you've been getting that truth and that truth is freeing you, you can look at your life and you, you can say, you know what? Uh, I can't just say I'm completely uh, worry-free, but I know I'm no longer a 9. I'm a 3.7 now. I done came a long way. You, you have to recognize when truth is delivering you. Because if you don't recognize the process, if you don't recognize what is happening to your life, you won't appreciate the word. You won't appreciate truth if you don't recognize what truth is doing. Not the way you should. You'll give, a, you'll give an amen, hallelujah, pastor, talk well, or somebody else. I like the way they say it, such and such. But, but see, the purpose of the word, when it comes to truth, again, is to sanctify you. Make you more like God. And you need to look at yourself and recognize, you know what, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like God. I'm, I'm getting just like I don't cuss folk out no more. And, man, I used to get so mad. Even when folk at the church, they rolled their eyes. At least I thought that's what they were doing. But now, whether they're doing it or not, it don't even bother me no more. That means you're getting more like him. Because petty stuff don't bother God. It don't bother him. You understand what I'm saying? And then you, you have to see yourself being delivered. You have to see that process to where things that were evident in your life are no longer there. And it's one reason why. Truth. Delivering you. Just bringing you out little by You know what? I, I used to just hang on the word of, of a professional, but now... I trust God more than anybody. I used to think I would always be like my family, 
go through this, that, and the other. But now I recognize that I don't have to be like my such and such and my such and such. I'm a child of God. And so you're to the point to where you're earnest. You're earnest. And again, when you're earnest, you're grounded in truth. And that truth will sanctify and free you. But when you're earnest, it also says about you that you are a person of diligence. You're diligent. You're diligent. You're, you're sincere about what you're doing, and so you put forth effort or diligence when it comes to your life because you want God to reward you. Hebrews 11 and 6 says he is a rewarder. Y'all help me finish it. Of those you're diligent. And get this. Um, when you're diligent, you're to the point to where you're strong, determined, and encouraged. Or a better word than encouragement would be optimistic. You can't be diligent and receive what God has for you. Remember, he is a rewarder of those that what? And not become strong, determined, and optimistic or encouraged. You, you, you just to the point to where you continue to be diligent because he's blessing you. Y'all remember an old song you say, the Lord is blessing me right now. Some of us, that, that's a true song for us. He blessing us right now. And you know he blessing you right now. When you look at yourself, you don't, you don't, have, to, you don't have to fake it. You can look in that mirror and say, God is really blessing me. You don't have to try to, try to fake it even when you greet somebody. They, they say, how are you? I'm, I'm blessed and highly favored. You ain't faking it. You ain't just talking because that's who you are. That's who you are. You know God is blessing you. You know it. You know you done went through this, that, and the other. But when you look at your life now, you know you are blessed. Show of hands. I'm going to know you're blessed. But it's because of your diligence. He rewards diligence. And again, when you're diligent, it's going to be some things that you're going to recognize about yourself. You know, I'm a strong woman. I'm a strong woman. I'm a determined woman. Man, I go through trial, but I keep praying. I keep fasting. I keep doing what I need to do because I am a diligent person. Now, on the flip side of that, if you're not diligent, you be wondering if God going to do certain things. 
If you have to wonder if God is going to do certain things, you're not diligent. Diligent people know God rewards. Some of y'all got so quiet, I wonder if you you thinking right now, am I talking about you? You know if I'm talking about you or not. When you continue earnestly, you're diligent. It ain't no stopping for you. God, I start blessing you and, and, and uh, you enjoy him blessing you. And in your mind, you know point blank, it's the difference between regular folk blessing you and God blessing you. That's the reason one of your scriptures has become Proverbs 10 and 22. The blessings of the Lord makes one and he adds. You are a happy person. Folk be wondering, man, how in the world can he just be so happy and all this going on right now? It's a God thing. <laughs> Some things, the only thing you can tell for it's a God thing. They be wondering how in the world this, that, and the other in reference to you. And, and, and all you can tell them, man, that's a God thing. I could try to explain it to you, but to really know it uh, wholly, you have to know God. You have to know God to understand certain things fully. You agree? And so you have to be real. You have to be real. And when it comes to the text, Paul, from jail, wanted the saints in Colossae to continue earnestly in prayer. In prayer. Wanted them to continue earnestly in prayer. Keep talking to God. Keep listening to him talk back to you. And sometimes you, you talk to God, but God will turn around and talk to you through his prophet or through somebody else. Hezekiah prayed to God. But God turned around and answered him through his, his prophet. He done, he done cried to the point to where he started, where he done prayed to the point to where he started crying. And Isaiah was on his way out from the king after telling him that God told him to set his house in order. He was going to die and not live. And before Hezekiah could get out of the castle. The Lord told him, look, go back. And he went back and he gave Hezekiah an answer to what he had prayed. You got to understand that sometimes you, you will pray and your answer is going to come forth when you get to the church. Nothing special about bro Walker, Pastor Walker. Ain't nothing special about me. It's just, it's just simply that's how God does things 
biblically. I'm not saying he won't tell you right after you pray. Or he won't tell you directly two or three days later. But, but often what, what the Lord has done uh, in reference to people praying is that he'll turn around and give them an answer through his prophet. Which really um, confirms Amos 3 and 7. Surely the Lord God will do unless he'll do what? Nothing. Wait a minute. He'll do what? Nothing. Unless he's going to answer your prayer, but it's going to be through his servants. The prophets. You have to understand that. And see, that, that, that's why you can't allow the enemy to stop you from coming to church unless you don't come to church to get your raiment. Who in here you come to church to get your raiment? That should be, that, that should be the main thing you come to God's house for, to get your raiment. If you don't been praying, asking God something, you need to be coming and expecting him to give you an answer to what you've been talking to him about. But you got to be real in prayer. You can't play when it comes to prayer based upon the text. He wanted them to continue being earnest in prayer. And if you're earnest in prayer, you won't lose heart you'll become stronger, dogged. Jesus said in Luke 18 and 1, men always ought to pray and not what? Lose heart. Not lose heart. When you lose heart, you quit. Become discouraged. You look at things and, and out of your mouth comes, I, I just don't know. If you pray and you still have a defeated mentality, you, you weren't real in your prayer. I said you weren't real in your prayer. Sometimes you have to pray until change comes. You have to pray until change comes. Prayer based upon Luke 18 and 1 should make you stronger and better. Always pray and not what? What's the implication? If you pray, you will, you will not be a wimp. You will not be a weakling. You will be strong. Jude so understood it to where in Jude 1 and 20, he said to the saints, build up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Prayer builds you up. We heard for years that prayer changes things. But guess what? The main thing that prayer needs to change is you, the person praying. Prayer needs to change you. You need to change as a result of prayer. 
Because guess what? If you don't change as a result of praying, you'll stop praying. Or you'll pray half-heartedly. And I'm going to say something, and, and uh, I, I, I hope you still love me after I say it. There are some here tonight, you know you don't pray as you should. You got some half-hearted prayers you put before God. And that's the reason it's a battle sometimes for you to pray because you're not getting the results from prayer that the Bible says you should get. And the problem is not that the scripture is wrong. The problem is that you're not real as you should be when it comes to prayer. Pray and I won't lose heart. No, you, you won't. Not if you pray. But then you have to rightly divide the word and understand what James said in James 5, 15 and following. The effective, fervent prayer of a saint, a righteous person, avails much. When you pray, a lot should come out of your prayer. Not just, not just your, you should get something out of your prayer every now and then. Every time you pray, you should get something out of your prayer. Every time. And prayer is not based upon what you what you see right after you pray. If you're a minister, you pray for somebody that they get healed. And when you open up your eyes, that person is still sick. You can't walk by sight. You can't look and say, Lord, I was at least expecting. No, 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 no. You just trust God to do what you ask him to do. Prayer. Prayer is twofold. Is you asking him and is God respond? And the response is on God's timetable. You never get to the point to where after you done pray, you feel defeated. You're not stronger. You're not better. If that's the case, Luke 18 and 1 is not right. Is one thing as a babe or an immature person to pray and wonder or not get up with confidence. But it's another thing when you are a mature child of God and you pray and you get up discouraged. No, you got to be a man, grown woman when it comes to praying and know when you pray effective and fervent a whole lot going to come from your prayer I said a whole lot going to come from your prayer how many understand he wanted them again to continue earnestly in prayer and then he drops on them that they need to be vigilant in it need to be what And when you're vigilant, literally it has to do with being awake, alert.
But one of the main reasons, biblically speaking, why we need to be vigilant in prayer is because of one thing that, that often happens in prayer that, that, we, that we have to deal with, an enemy. Let me show you. I need, let me go to a scripture to, to back up my point. Let's go to 1 Peter, chapter 5. Y'all staying with me? 1 Peter 5 and 8. Peter said, be sober, be vigilant. Then he gives the reason. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may what? You have to be vigilant because you got enemies. And, this, and, and often, you don't only feel the presence of God in prayer. There are times the enemy will try to come in there and stop your prayer. You are now praying, but the enemy will try to put fear in you while you pray. You're praying for somebody at the hospital. And the doctor done gave up on the person. And the enemy will come in there with fear saying, you know you don't need to be praying for these folk to be healed. You done heard what the doctor done said. You can't allow an enemy, whether it's the enemy of fear, doubt, or the enemy of flesh. Or specifically, you getting in the way. You have to be vigilant. You have to be vigilant. You have to be aware. You have to be awake. And you specifically have to be aware in the sense of being God conscious. Don't, don't get to the point to where you're just praying like religious folk pray. Or ju you're just praying what you done heard somebody else pray. You have to be conscious of scripture. And pray according to the scripture based upon the situation that's taking place. You got to stay in the word when it comes to prayer. I've said you got to stay in the word when it comes to prayer. You can't allow the enemy to trip you when, when it's time for you to pray for somebody or pray in reference to your situation or what you may be going through. You have to be vigilant. Look at, it, look at 1 Peter 5 and 8 again. Be sober. Be vigilant. Why? Because your enemy. Your enemy. Your adversary. As a roaring Line. And you know what a roaring lion does in reference to his prey? Tries to make the prey afraid. Tries to paralyze the prey. You can't be fearful. But enemies will meet you. Especially ministers, I'm telling you. Somebody come to the altar to be prayed and you feel like you just got to make something happen. You ain't God. You just be so conscious of God to where you just pray for that person 
according to what God is giving you. And if the Lord decides to heal them right at the altar, all the glory goes to him. If the Lord decides to heal them seven months later, all the glory goes to him. Your job is to be vigilant. Don't allow the enemy to steal that person's healing, deliverance, and so forth. And from a personal standpoint, you know God, I promise you, he was going to bless you with a particular thing. You done been turned down ten times. You keep praying and trusting God. You stay vigilant. You have to remain God conscious. You have to be awake when it comes to what God is, is saying. What he's speaking, what he's doing, and so forth. Y'all all right? And so the final thing, and I'm going to be done. He wants them to continue earnestly again in prayer with being vigilant, and finally, wealth, thanksgiving. Wants them to be thankful. Got to be thankful when it, when it comes to praying. When you pray, you should start out thankful, and when you conclude it, you should be thankful. And, and, it, shouldn't, and it shouldn't be a religious act. Are you doing it because that's what's called for in reference to church? No. When you are thankful, you show your appreciation to God, get this, about what he has done, doing, and going to do. If your prayer is asking God to do something for you that week, you're praising him. You're praising him for real, thanking him for real about what you are expecting to happen that week. I'm going to tell y'all something. I, I, don't, I don't just say to you that God is going to do some things this week just to be trying to get you all riled up and happy. You, you, you are important to me, but not important enough for me to lie to you. I ain't going to lie to you. You ain't that important. Because if you're that important, guess what? I'm, I'm willing to go to hell. I'll lie to shell. Be cast well. Especially a lying preacher. No, if I tell you God is telling me to say something, it's, it's going to be on point. It's going to be for real. You understand what I'm saying? But the way you receive it, that's your choice. That's your choice. We, if we get down and we pray that God does particular things, we need to thank him for those things. That we don't ask him to do. Lord, I'm just believing that, that you, you're going to cause a Daniel's blessing to come my way. You got Daniel out of that lion's den. And Lord, I'm not in a literal lion's den. But I am in a figurative lion's den. And I just believe the same way. 
you got Daniel out of it, you're going to get me out of it. And you thank him for doing that. Your mindset is, you coming out of that. You coming out of that. Lord, the, the woman knew her child was, was going through it. And, and, and when the prophet asked her, was everything well? She said, it is well. And Lord, it, you know what's going on. But I'm saying in advance, it is well. It's well. And you thanking him that it is well because you, you done left what's going on in the literal realm. And you're saying that his well is based upon what God has promised. Literally, you need a healing in your body, but you don't pray that God heal you. So you thanking him. Not because of what's going on with you literally, but because he promised in scripture that he would heal you. So you giving him a praise for healing you. That's what you're doing. And understand this. If you're going to pray with thanksgiving based upon the text, it's one thing that you, you have to have. Confidence. Got to have some confidence. Got to have confidence. Confidence is, is, in one sense, is when you trust somebody to do what they said they would do. That's confidence. I'm going to drop something on you. It's a hit and miss when it comes to folk. Even good folk. It's just a hit and miss. You can never get to the point to where you put 100% confidence in folk, people. You can't do that. That'll mess you up. And, and, and see, if you done prayed, if you done prayed and you done thank God for your miracle or thank God for this, that, and the other, and then here comes a person that tells you, look, it just don't look good. And, you, but, and, and then you turn around and allow what that person done said to have more influence than what you prayed about and gave God thanks for. You wasn't as real <laughs> as you claimed in prayer. Not if you can trust the word of a person. And no matter who the person is, including myself, people are sometimes. Even when we mean well, we, we are sometimes sometimes. You hear me? You can actually tell a person, I'm going to be there at 4 o'clock. And, and, and you, you meant it when you said it, you, but you, you're a person. And see, God can be there for because he's everywhere already. Right. 
And then sometimes you tell, I'm going to really help you. I really am. And then you, 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 you really mean that you're going to help the person. But then something come up unexpected. You wouldn't. And, and the help that you were willing to give, now you can't. And you try to explain to the person why you can't help now, but. I'm giving you a whole lot of reasons why you can't put 100% confidence in nobody. But God. That's the only one. Like them lies mamas used to tell their children, especially their daughters. You can talk to me about everything. No, no, she can't. You shouldn't even put that on your daughter. You shouldn't even put such on your daughter. There's no way you can remain neutral if your daughter get to telling you everything that's going on in her mind. You will freak out. You what? When? With who? I hope you see in the picture I'm trying to paint. Ask your neighbor, do you see the picture? Who is the only one you can trust? I got to show you this. I'm closing with this. Let's go to 1 John. The book of 1 John. Lord have mercy. Chapter 5. 1 John, chapter 5. Y'all okay? We'll start at verse uh, 14. You got to have confidence if you're going to pray with thanksgiving. Notice this. 1 John 5 and 14. Now this is the what? We have in God. That if we ask anything according to his what? He what? Notice the condition. It's got to be according to his will. Lord, she slapped me and I want you to slap her back. You, you, you got to be in the word. You, you got to know what to ask God. You got to know what to ask God. Lord, we don't have much, but if you could just do a little bit. Lord, I know if I make one step, you'll take two. That ain't no, that ain't, that ain't no Bible. Lord, help us to live according to the golden rule. That ain't no Bible. That is not, that, it is not no golden rule in that. That is not Bible. You can't just say something because you think it's Bible. You got to know his word. And you got to have confidence that, that what he said in his word is just as real now as it was when it was written. Lord, you said if I give, it'll be given unto me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Lord, 
I've been giving and I'm going to keep giving because, Lord, I want you to bless me to the point to where I can help senior citizens. I can help folk that are going through this, that, and the other. Am I praying Bible? Yes. I'm letting him know I'm giving in order for him to give to me. And I'm letting him know what I'm going to do with what he gives me. And in the first century church, the one thing that, that uh, the bishop and, and the board of elders told uh, Paul and others that came before them, you got to remember the poor. You got to make sure that you do some things for folk that are going through physically, emotionally. You got to remember them. You got to know the word. Lord, the doctor said, it's out of his hands. But I know you spoke through Isaiah that with your stripes I was healed. Lord, I'm asking for that healing that comes with your stripes. I'm asking for that healing that comes with your stripes. Lord, I need a healing in my legs. I need a healing in my chest. I need a healing in my hands. But look at the text. You got to have confidence. You got to be real when you ask him. You got to be real when you ask him. Lord have mercy. Let me close. How many, how many understand it? Again, verse 14 of 1 John 5. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he what? That's the first thing you got. You got to make sure he hears you. And he's going to hear you if you ask according to his word. That's so simple. But you got to get in the word. Or listen on Sunday and just, and you may not even know where it is in scripture. But you know it's scripture because you done heard it and you done seen it. You just can't remember where it was. I know pastor went to a book. I saw it, but I just don't know where it is now. As long as you can quote some of it correctly. Correctly. Even Jesus would use a part of a verse. He wouldn't use the whole thing sometimes. But the part he used was correct. Paul said something that, that, that we didn't see nowhere in scripture. But Jesus said it. Remember what the Lord said. It is more blessed to give than receive. He knew he said it. And that's the reason it became canonized. Even though when you, if, if you go back to the gospel, even to the Old Testament, you won't find it. But you will find this right here. There are many things that he did, many things that he said that are not written. You have to rightly divide the word. The thing you got to understand is that you have to pray according to the word. And when you do, that guarantees you He's going to hear you. Verse 15. And if we, what's the next word? You got to know that he heard you. Man, God heard us. 
Thank you, Jesus. I know you done heard us. You got to know that. You got to know that he heard you when you by yourself or when you're in a setting like this. We, we, we are corporately agreeing according to the word. You got to know, man, God heard us tonight, boy. It's a meal that's going to take place tonight. God heard us tonight. Man, oh, good God, who going to get something this week? God heard us. I know somebody going to come back with a testimony this week. But if you don't have a knowing in your spirit after prayer something wrong with you based upon the text look at the text and we know and we what but look what he says he goes back to the 14th verse he says and we know that he hears us whatever we ask we know that we have the petitions that we have what? He goes back to verse 14. We know that if he done heard of, we going to have it. We going to have it. Look how, look how he's speaking future. We going to have it. We gonna, you got to start speaking about your healing. Even when you go to folk that know more than you about your body. Or about the body. You done prayed and, God, and you know God going to give you your healing. And you go to your doctor and say, well, it seemed like it's still such and such. So you, you, can't, you can't accept everything folk tell you after you done prayed. You hear me? You can't accept everything folk tell you after you done prayed. You can't do that. Look at this verse. Am I being Walker? This ain't, this ain't Barry Darnell Walker. This Bible. You have to have a knowing in your spirit even when somebody is telling you something in contrast to what you know. I'm getting ready to stop it, but I got to read these two verses one more time because I'm, I'm feeling kind of like some of y'all ain't getting it the way I want you to get it. And I can't make you get it. But I can read it again. First John 5, 14 and 15. Now this is the confidence that we have in God. That if we ask anything. But notice the anything. According to his will. He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, you got to know that. Whatever we ask, we help me know. He put an emphasis on know. That we have the petitions that we have ask of him. You got to know it. You got to know it. If I pray for you according to the will and I tell you it's so, I'm telling you based upon his will. If you sitting now disagreeing or wondering, that's on you. 
But I'm mature enough that when I pray for you, I'm knowing because I'm, I'm praying according to his will. You understand what I'm saying? I'm done.